As a OneOuter.com podcast listener, we're offering a special discount for joining PokerXFactor.com. You can qualify for a massive $70 off your sign-up. All you need to do is enter promotional code OneOuter70. That's O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-7-0. Okay, it's a great pleasure for me today for OneOuter.com to speak to Roland DeWolf, um, Triple Crown winner, tournament regular, uh, high-stakes cash game pro. Um, how are you doing today, Roland? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm pretty good. Good, good. So what are you up to today? It's uh, Friday afternoon. Is the sun shining? Are you back in the UK? No, I'm back in the UK. I had a, um, I had a late night um, playing poker in London. And uh, and um, I, I woke up about twelve o'clock, and now I'm just uh, doing a few things, watching the cricket. Nothing, uh, nothing too special. All right, okay. You got any bets on the cricket, or are you staying away from that? Uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm with England at the moment, so but All right. um, hopefully they'll be able to pull things around. Okay, okay. So um, how did uh, Vegas go? You know, the World Series just finished and stuff. Did you play many games out there, or was I, it I mainly cash games? I only played the uh, main event. Oh. Um, because I was the games were good in London, and I couldn't be bothered to like have a long a long series. Um, the first year since oh many many years, I've only played a few events. Uh, normally, I played you know many events. Um, actually. But but uh, in fact, last year I didn't play many either. But oh nine, oh eight, oh seven, oh six, I sort of played every event. Um, mm. And uh, the last couple of years, just just don't have the motivation to try and like sit there grinding months of tournaments. Yeah. Do you f- do you find that's a sort of natural thing for you? Do you go through sort of like the tourney bug and then maybe the cash game bug, or yeah, is it just I, the kick- I mean, I mean, it's kind of like. Tournaments are fun once you get deep in them and stuff, but like the variance is high, and um, you know it's a real tough way to to make money. Um, you're you know, and the travelling just just takes it out of you, and it's just bad for your general quality of life. Yeah, I mean especially live, isn't it? Because you know you could be sitting in these games so deep, and then it, it, online these MTT grinders, they're in you know 15 tournaments at a time and stuff, so. There is still the variance, etc. But you know they've got another tournament starting. But you know if you're playing, you know seven, eight hours a day, and then you bust out, you know outside the money, it, it must be some rollercoaster. To do it, to do it full time is like, I mean it's it's pretty hard. The swings, um, I mean not like not just emotionally, but just physically as well. You know you're just tiring sitting there for days on end, like. Um, it's not like, you know, you have any choice, like who you sit next to, if you've got someone to talk to or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and the game's kind of different. If you're playing with people who you play with regularly every day, it's a, it's a very different game, uh, to, uh, if you're, if you, you know, you're playing these new players and it's just, it's just a lot of stress. I mean, it's obviously, it's really fun when you get down to a big final table and there's big money on the line at the end of it, but yeah, it's, uh, Tournaments are pretty stressful, and especially in big runner fields, you know, you, you you're, you're doing well, and then you know you, you don't you don't realise that quickly you're like in the middle of the pack. Uh, I used to play those tournaments a long time ago on PokerStars when uh, you know 2004, and 
you know, it wasn't the same numbers that they got up to. But, um, you know, then there was like a couple of thousand players and you're at one point you're in seventh and then, you know, you you, you go around the board a couple of times and you're in like 200th or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's disheartening if you keep looking at the lobby to see where you are. Um, but, yeah, I never really got into the online tournaments, but the live tournament scene is... I think it's but also it's it's for young it's it's, it's for young people uh, to keep you know that travelling and stuff and you know I'm in my thirties now um, I'm still pretty young but it's a different energy you need for when you're like you know twenty five or early twenties that's fine it's a great life to be living in you know hotel to hotel and yeah whatever if if you can afford it and you know it's it's fun but like <laughs> that does wear off. Yeah, there's a lot of the young guys, especially from the UK, Jake Cody, and, you know, it was Aikenhead uh, a couple of years ago, wasn't it? You know, the November 9 and stuff. And it it seems to be that they are getting younger and younger. It's like, it used to be 20s was, you know, young. You know, when Daniel Regrano was called, you know, young kid poker, all this stuff. Now it's, you know, 18, you know, Annette won the World Series of Europe and, you know, all these things. It just seems that it is getting younger and younger. Do you think a lot of that does have to do with something as simple as sort of enthusiasm to sit there and go through it? And you know, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's a lot about motivation as well. You look at like um, some big names. They didn't until they get big side bets on. They don't have the motivation to sit through for hours in the tournaments. You know, it, it, yeah. it, if if they're equally lucrative, like playing tournaments and playing, you know, cash, then then you know, um, just to being able to manage your own hours a little bit more and your surroundings and, 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 and who you play with is, 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 a, is a real benefit. Um, yeah. And, and, and just the, you know, the, the, the horrendous variance of tournaments is also pretty sick. And, and a lot of these people, you know, you, you, how many of these people playing all these live tournaments are actually playing, you know, for themselves? Like, you have to have a huge bankroll to play all these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to cost you, like, several hundred thousand a year if you don't have a great year. Uh, and, uh, that's without playing any of like the you know high rollers or whatever. Um, so you, you know you're playing a lot of these people are backed when they they play all year miserable and they don't get a result and then they get a result and they have to give like you know so much of it away. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's not a life really that like I would say you know that people should aspire to. It, it, it can be fun, but I would say my advice to yeah, young players would be to like find yourself a a good game that you can be and just like have a life away from it all because those tournament people just, just really don't have much of a life. They're playing so much of the time. Yeah. Just to, I mean, try, just to try and beat the variance, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, obviously I've, I think I read somewhere in an interview with yourself previously, I think it was in bluff, you know, you spoke about, you were sort of like openly coming out, you know, and you've triple crown, you won an EPT, a bracelet and a WPT. And for you to come out and openly sort of say luck, you know, has a huge part, I think you said you played, you know, great in the, the WPT, the first one you won Paris, and, you know, you were young, you were hungry, but the EPT, you sort of said, you ran, you know, really well. And it just seems to me that, um, obviously, when people come out and say, uh, you know, luck boxes or, or things like that to other tournament players and people, it sort of sounds like jealousy or bitterness, but do you not think that it just is? I mean, if you, th- you always see the winner of a tournament, but you think of the thousands of people that are constantly trying and they'll probably, you know, they may, they might never win, you know, a big live tournament. Yeah, of course. There's, um, there's so much luck. I mean, someone like 
Jason Mersey or someone like you see like how much luck that he's had, and he's he's a uh, a really a really decent player. Like um, he's an excellent an excellent player. I think uh, he's a hard worker, um, which is you know the most important thing. But he's just run amazing in in tournaments to have the success that he had. I remember uh, he um, he he put an, a, a two outer on me in San Remo and went on to win that. That was his you know his first big tournament, and then he won, won a bracelet that summer. But it's it kind of it gives you confidence and it gives you um, winning one. Like if you if you get the luck in one to win it, it gives you confidence in the next one. You know how to close it, and yeah. you just sort of. Um, I mean, and you still need the luck, but you just, you know, you play more events and, and, and people get a little bit wary of you and, you know, all these sorts of things factor together to people to get these amazing runs. Like, they're not, you know, it's not that they, they start better than anyone else. So someone yeah. like J- Jason Mercier wouldn't have been better than like, you know, t- 10, 20 other people in that tournament who had had similar experience to him. But because mm-hmm. he because he won... Um, he got the confidence um, to, to to do things, and he got the um, you know he got stuff which sort of uh, the ability to enter more tournaments. Plus, he's had a lot of luck, so it's like a combination of luck and um, it's a combination of luck and it's uh, sort of the momentum and confidence uh, yeah. that, that, that does it. So, which is why you see like repeat winners. Um, it's why you see, you know, people who are on these seemingly like one or two year heaters, mm-hmm. um, yeah. someone like Elke or something, you know, he plays every tournament, um, and, um, he's got the confidence of, of, of you know, of doing it, but, and, and he's got the hunger. So it's, it's a, it's a combination of those factors. Obviously, you know, a huge part as well is sort of financial security, you know, liquid cash these guys have built up because they can go in and they're playing in a tournament, you know, these 10K buy-ins, as you said yourself, a lot of people have got pieces of themselves sold out or they've satellited in. So they're going to be playing, you know, a little bit more scared. You know, not every one of them are, but, you know, the majority of the field's going to be playing a little bit more scared, whereas if you've just came off the back of two wins for, you know, a couple of million dollars, I mean, you're, you're just going to be playing, you know, fearlessly. Yeah, yeah, that that's completely right. I mean, it can work the other way. I remember, like, after I won like my first big tournament, my next, you know, the next one is traditionally you like play quite horrific. But these days, they're so like you know much more focused and like it used to be the top players used to be like degenerate gamblers who you know the TV pros, degenerate gamblers who had like led interesting lives and had like interesting personalities. Now these guys are like you know they've they've spent a lot of their time behind the computer. They haven't really got much you know life experience. They're fairly uh, you know nondescript uninteresting sort of math guys but they're they're, yeah. they're 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 more focused they're there they probably don't have the same issues that a lot of the old guard had um so they can you know they they, they can you know with that money behind them they know they know how to uh how to take advantage they're not going to be on like spending sprees or, or in the pit or, or whatever most of them anyway so yeah. it you know the kind of the profile of of the player has changed, uh, as, you know, has got younger and the profile's changed. In the same way in, in the UK, you look at snooker, you know, in the 80s, um, it, it was all like, you know, in, interesting characters, you know, you Dennis Taylor and... Um, uh, Higgins. Higgins and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bill Werbenjek and, you know, all these guys. And, mm-hmm. and, and now... 
Um, you know, they're, they're all more like, you know, with a couple of exceptions, they're all more like robots. They're much less, they seem like they've got much less personality, but they're actually much more professional, focused, dedicated to the game. Um, yeah. Their averages are much higher, so they're, you know, they're playing a better game. Um, mm-hmm. The standard has definitely risen, but the popularity of the game's massively dropped because, you know, they're much less interesting to watch than, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy White and... Yeah, Gilles, definitely. You know, uh... And, and, all, and all these guys, you know, who uh, Ray Reard, and they're all fun to watch. And now it's kind of, kind of like robots, and I feel like poker is kind of like that too. Well, I I would agree because when I first got, into, I've only played poker four years, and um, I mean I'm I'm 27, and when I first got into poker, you know, I did the standard thing. You start reading up books, you know, I read Stu Unger's autobiography and things like that. And no matter what you say about guys like that, that's what you want to hear well it was for me personally when you get in you want to hear the stories about the sort of booms and busts and the swings and as you say character and the stories and one of my favorite sort of stories ever you know it's like your friend like neil channing and um his story about how he went broke and then built up money again then went broke and then finally you know got back up i think there's a lot more as you say character and interest to these guys than the standard you know mit graduate he comes out and he starts you know, playing online and he wins a million dollars in his first year or whatever. They they seem to just be like, as you say, robotic. And even when they're talking, you know, in interviews and stuff, they don't seem to have much sort of personality or anything at all. And that's not, you know, a dig at them or anything. It's just, as you say, they're just not as interesting as the older pros. Yeah, it, 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 very much so. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, something that uh, poker needs to needs to uh, address for their TV audience going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say, you know, about um, it's your advice, you know, as someone that's done the live tourney scene and, you know, et cetera, you say try and find an edge in the game and sort of churn out a win rate and have yourself a life, you know, away from poker as well and set it up so you've got that balance. What do you think of someone then like Neil Channing? I mean, that I, I've read his story and heard, you know, I'm on the 2 Plus 2 podcast and stuff. He was going on about, you know, he was doing Betfair and grinding it out on Betfair and making, you know, a phenomenal amount of money and he built up to a million or something. So what do you think someone like Chan then finds he goes to poker in terms of, you know, tournament poker and plays the live tournaments and turns out is that is that sort of seeking some sort of um, glory or recognition or something? Is that just the allure for everybody at the back of us? Does everybody want that? You know, the picture with the tournament trophy or something? Or? No, I think that he's probably smart enough to um, to, uh, to he's probably smart enough to to know where you know he's got some sort of edge in these tournaments. He doesn't just do it for fun. Mm-hmm. He's, he's you know he does most things you know to try and make money, mm-hmm. um, and he's a pretty sharp guy. So. I would say no. He's not really interested in in that. Um, I don't think that that's that glory is. Uh, you know, people are more interested in. My, obviously, there are people who are interested in the glory of it, but you know, there are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a, a kind of everyone thinks oh they'd like to win the main event of the World Series, but people also think about the money that they could win. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, then again, I think like people go out to Vegas, and then they they have that. Uh, you know, uh, image of it's going to be a good laugh as well as a as well as a, you know chance to make some money, and they they think of the bracelets instead instead of like probably staying at home and grinding 
test games or playing on, you know, staying and playing online. So mm-hmm. obviously there is a lot of that in some people, but probably not in in, in like Neil or. Yeah, but definitely, definitely, that's uh, the makeup of a lot of uh, casual players. Also, you know, a lot of them people who play tournaments don't have the skill set to do well in cash games, um, and you know, to some extent, vice versa. It's just different. You have to, have, yeah. You have to, have, yeah. You have to have different skill sets. I know some very good cash players who, are pretty hopeless in tournaments, and vice versa. It's just you know, different, different. Mhm, mhm. So, um, if you you know talk about your own poker career. Um, I look through the Hendon mob and it's it's a long list to say the least. And um, I always like I remember I interviewed Phil Helmuth and I went way back to his first cash. I think it was like in 1987 or something. And he was so shocked, you know, <laughs> and laughing and he was quite happy to talk about it. Um, you know, his first success and stuff. If you look at yours, it was um, your first first place was 2004 September, uh, the Gut Shot Festival, 150 pot limit. So if you just sort of like think back to then, is that when you were, um, you know, working as a journalist and, and getting into poker and just trying out as many tournaments as possible? Yeah, I think I helped uh, set up that festival. They had a, I remember the first night I ever went into the gut shop, because I, I, I went to do an interview with the guys who set it up, and uh, I came in to play like about a week later, it was hardly even set up, and there was a tournament there, I think like Nick Perso was there and uh, about 20 players ended up winning that and that was mm-hmm. uh, you know it was like 20 quid tournament or something and mm-hmm. uh, they had a uh, they had a uh, if, 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 if I seem to uh, to lose focus it's A because that's how I am and B because I'm watching the cricket and quite involved uh, no problem no, um, no I, I had the first uh, the first tournament um, like they had one like charity night and I came fourth in the tournament um, I think Willie Tan uh, won it and then uh, that was in about May of 04 and then I had another one where uh, yeah this festival which which I organised through Inside Ed which was the magazine I was working on we, we like co-sponsored the the tournament um, mm-hmm. and the first event ended up chopping it with a guy called Adam Lee I think something like uh, we, we we split the money. I, I think I had slightly more chips, and he 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 won the actual tournament. But he um, it just shows you he got diagnosed with cancer about like a few months later. His name was like Square Seven on Ladbrokes in the early days, and very very talented, uh, engaging player, um, and ended up uh, really sad. He 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 fought cancer for like two years and ended up dying from it. Wow. Um, and I mean it was quite well publicised at the time he probably died in early 2006 I would say maybe mid 2006 um, mm-hmm. and you know very sad uh, but it just shows you like how you know not just the luck that you have in poker but how much you know how much luck you have in life but to, any, to have won so much um, since then is obviously like it's just an incredible amount of luck I've had in my in my poker but um, yeah it, it was uh, it was you know you it was just different. Like people played a little bit differently then, but like I was still like very aggressive, very uh, very fearless, um, and just you know, kind of like a unhoned version of like how I would play today if I was playing playing at the top mm-hmm. of my game. But you know, you just just learning all the stuff, you just technically didn't know so much, and and the people who had had like any small results at like the Vic or whatever, they were like you know some people who could that was like quite intimidating. Like those were you know. 
these yeah. well-known players, but then like you get more confidence as as you go through an event. And I remember, yeah, that was that felt great, and it was a lot of money to me then. And that was uh, 04 September. Actually, I think um, I had one result at the Vic uh, in like a 500 pound rebuy tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's in the database, in the Hand Mob database, um, from about June '04. Um, yeah, uh, sixth place. Sixth place, and what was the event? Um, five hundred pound pot limit European Poker Championships. Okay, I think I had about eleven hundred quid to my name when I entered that. <laughs> right. Okay. And that was a re- that was a rebuy. Right. <laughs> I think it was one rebuy max. Okay. Um and. I had built a big stack by the end of the rebuys and still thought, well, I better take it. And I, I was mm-hmm. very sick. Um, so anyway, that was a real learning curve. Like, you know, just some amazing stuff happening. Like uh, Paul Phillips was in there, uh, who was a guy who played a lot in the early days of the WPT. He was on my table. So, you know, it just happened to be in London. And I remember, like, he was a very good player. And I was kind of, like, winging my way through it, like, not really knowing, you know, there are a lot of better players. And I didn't really know how to play uh poker in those days but also had like something that just you know also made me very aware of like my table image and like what i could get away with until like got to the final table and like it was a bit of an experience there and i think all the players who were at that final table would now be like if you looked up on the hand mob you'd like know probably a few of them right um but uh but that that i think it was uh, Davoud, who I haven't seen for a few years, he ended up winning it. I think he had one chip heads up and it went and it went, went won it. But yeah, that was very very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Very exciting. That the gut shot one, very exciting days, uh, especially that Vic one. Just like and people from work coming down to watch, just such a buzz, like going deep in that tournament. Like you know, you feel like a like a TV star. You know, you've seen his yeah. TV and I, I mean that that was a, a buzz that like. You know, I, I I couldn't recreate these days. I, I think I could couldn't. I'd have to uh, I'd have to probably win the main event or something to recreate yeah. that that sort of buzz. But you know, and and that was great. And those sort of things, you know, when you first do it, and and, and all those sort of stuff, you, you you know, you're hungry for all those things, and and it and it is fun. And you know, mm-hmm. seems like a long time ago, but actually, in the poker world, things things seem you know, 2003 when Moneymaker won, or like. 2002, like Varconi and 2001, you know, those things seem like such a long time ago. Like poker, you look at on TV, poker seems like a different world. Yeah. If you look at football, you know, 2002 doesn't seem that long ago. You know, like uh, the World Cup in Japan. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Zidane scoring the the kick in the fight, in the free kick at, at the Real Madrid volley, and yeah. uh, you know, uh. Arsenal going unbeaten through the whole season in 2004 and, and all those things around that time. Uh, uh, you know, all, uh, so many of those different things. Michael Owen moving to Madrid was about that time. Mm-hmm. Liverpool winning the European Cup. That, you know, those things don't seem like an age ago. Yeah. Um, you're from, I don't know who your team is, but... Uh, Dundee. <laughs> okay. Oh, I remember Kanija played for them. That was a bit... Yeah, that was, yeah, that was it. A bit... A bit further. Uh, Kenija and Ravenelli and uh, a few, uh, you know, uh, Kent's Baya as well came up here and played for Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's amazing. So like 2005 was obviously your first massive score, um, the WPT Paris. Yeah. yeah. 
And I've I've read that you know you said somewhere that it was like it's a ten k buy in and you 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 had like a thirty k bankroll at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you decided you know to take a shot and, and what a shot it was to win it. When you were playing that tournament, was it one of these things that just as the tournament progressed, you just got more and more confident, or were there times during the tournament like I found myself deep sometimes, and because I've suffered like quite a few like really deep, you know, beats just on bubbles and stuff. I sort of like start to doubt myself sometimes or sort of doubt the situation, you know, like, oh, something's going to happen or whatever. Or were you just super confident through the whole thing? I mean, there's just, there's a couple of things that just sort of threw it in your favour. I mean, it, 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 it again, it, it doesn't, it's just so weird how with poker, like how things like seem like a long time ago and, and, and time like moves kind of quick. Mm. Um, as, as I was saying, like, you know, like things from, 2002 seemed like a long time in, you know, but when it doesn't seem that long when Tiger Woods hold all four majors, but that was like in poker, that was, you know, in, in the old, in the old times, like, so it, it seems like a long time ago, but I, it, it, to me, the memory's pretty fresh. And, and I remember that, um, a couple of things that happened in that tournament just, just seemed to like, think, just like, like show me that things were going to go well. Like I, I, I like, had ace king against aces and kings and like managed to like lay it down for one bet at a time when I thought ace king was like the nuts mm. uh, and in those days you know you had like a few Swedish kids who like they would play ace king totally like it was aces mm-hmm. um, and and uh, I meant, uh, that was like a big lay down for me and when I saw aces and kings I was like well I, I could go far in that and then something else happened that you know I was really uh, around the bubble time I was uh, uh quite fearless and, and quite a big stack, like going into the bubble, like a decent sized stack. Mm-hmm. But I, I won a couple of pots and then the bubble, for some reason in that tournament, lasted for like, I don't think I've ever seen the bubble last so long. It might have been 45 minutes, but it could have been way longer. And um, it wasn't hand for hand in those days either. The bubble just lasted forever. So every hand, you know, people didn't want to go out. It was quite a big bubble, you know, 20,000 euros or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were just like, let me take every pot. So I went from like a small chip leader to a huge chip leader. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of good things near, near the bubble, uh, near the bubble to the final table. And it just went smoothly and in, in the moment. And then on the final, you know, um, actually got heads up. Won a couple of the, like the flips at the right time, went heads up with you are healthy. Who was like, you know, uh, at that time, he was a, a, a much more experienced, better player than I was. Um, and I got like heads up with a, a two to one chip deficit against him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, like, oh, I've had a great, you know, I had a great run and this is going to be like life changing money, whatever. And like, I just don't, you know, I don't really think, see like how I'm going to beat him without, you know, putting a huge beat on him. But, you know, it's been a, been a great run. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any experience of heads up. And I had a pot where, uh, in the hand, I've I've rivered two pair against his flopped top pair or some something like that, and and like I've moved in and he's called and then you know and then I won the uh, you know I won a sixty forty and it was all over like in a flash you know from like didn't really have time to think about it so mm-hmm. had time to think about it in those things but I mean once you've won the first big one it just you know you're 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 totally away um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Again, I won a, an, another one soon enough, and uh, 
Yeah, it just seems confidence is huge, you know, in poker, a lot like it is in lots of things. You know, people always compare poker to golf and stuff like that. And it seems, you know, confidence is huge. Uh, so England have just lost a wicket. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that that's gutting for you, as a Scott. <laughs> Um, so if we sort of like speak about, you know, like you used, that was a huge buy and, you know, to take, it was a huge shot and stuff. What's your thoughts on, you know, shot taking? Is it just all dependent on your pain threshold and stuff? Or should younger guys that are trying to build a bankroll, should they be taking, you know, shots? Maybe not to that, you know, a 10k buy and a bit, but <laughs> you de- are you definitely for sort of shot taking? and Not really, and, like, there's no excuse for it nowadays. Like, there's so many, like, online tournaments available. Um that you're not going to get good sponsorship from winning an event unless you win the main event. Like no, no one cares about who wins what tournament now. Like those days are gone. Mm. Um, you're better off just grinding it out. And like, um, if you see a really juicy tournament you want to get back to, and yeah, that's fine. But like, you know, this variance is huge. I would just say like stick to your bread and butter. And like, I wouldn't advise people to take shots in, in, in tournaments really um, above their bankroll considerations at all. Mm-hmm. 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 Because it's just, you know, as you say, there's there's so many varying levels of buy-ins now online that there really is a game to make yourself, you know, have plenty, plenty buy-ins for that level and just keep sort of chipping away and building up slowly. There's no shortcuts, is there? Also, like when I was doing it, you know, there's so much. It was early, like there's so much added value of like, um, of people who. So much added value of like, you know, if you win something, you become, you know, you win one event and then you're like, you know, you're on the cover of CarPlay and you're like almost like a star, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's worth so that, as you say, nowadays, you know, the poker magazines are, are filled with, you know, tournament winners and there seems to be tournaments every week across Europe. and Yeah, no, no one cares. Like, no, I, no one can tell you who won this or who won that or whatever. Like, no, no. those days are over, like. They're sort of like they had a. Uh, it's like it's like you 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 can't almost get famous anymore. It's like it's yeah, you know there's like been like you know Isildur and I don't know like who's who's come through in the last like two years through tournaments to like become, you know yeah probably just maybe Jake Cody probably recently isn't it for for his yeah that but, was. But, of course, maybe yeah, because he's won a lot. But like most people wouldn't know he. he was. Whereas like yeah. if you'd have done that in 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 the early days, like you know, when like you know all these tournaments were like well on TV and like people you know knew, but like you know most people don't know who won what. You know you can win. Uh, it, that that all stopped in about two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get yourself out on uh, you know poker after dark or. Uh, high stakes poker you know those sort of shows um you can build a big name i say it's like jason mercier is like the one who's done it in the last you know few years but like you know even he's been doing it for three years and not really a household name like you know the guy it's it just sort of changed so that that extra added value that you get that you had in those tournaments mm-hmm. you know you, you, where you would get like sponsorships and all that has, has disappeared so mm-hmm. um that's that's one of the reasons I would say you know like it's really not worth taking shots there because you know it, you don't have that extra 
Yeah, there's no added value. The site's not going to just come out and patch you up and put you in every game after it for winning, you know, a side event at an EPT or, you know, an EPT and stuff. I mean, there's been so many EPT winners now that you've never heard from since. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of, like, um, you know, tournament strategy, obviously we can't really get into stuff like that, but what sort of – are you one of these players that, you know, all the top players, you sort of hear them say they don't go in with any sort of – uh, given strategy, they sit down, they, they adjust to the table, etc. Um, but are you one of these guys that sort of, if it's you know a plus EV situation, or you got a lot of equity, are you just going to go with it, you know, in any given hand, or are you one of these people that can sort of say, well, I can lay that down and I can sort of chip away with, uh, you know, picking up pots or uncontested and stuff. And you no, know, I, I, I generally will put the money in, like. Um... I, I, I can't, apart from anything else, is that I can't be bothered to, and this is the main event of the World Series, I like, mm-hmm. can't be bothered to sit there for days, you know, if it's a plus EV spot, then that's good enough for me, um, and then, it, you know, if it goes well, great, if it doesn't, I'll go and do something else. Yeah, yeah, so it's not one of these... I'm not up for, like, sitting for, like, four days just, like, grinding out and coming into, well, I've got, like, better things to do in my life, and, like, you know, it's, it's not my, I don't consider myself, like, a tournament pro anymore, so, like... Yeah, there was a time when I would have come back for a better spot, but like I don't even think like that was never really much in my. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's well publicised. You know how how much you love the action and stuff. With you know whether it's the high stakes games, PLO, or you know uh, the pet and sports betting and stuff. And how much do you think that you know sometimes that's been you know some people would call it a vice or you know or whatever or, or a distraction to you know your game and certainly financial security or whatever, but. How much do you think that sort of helped you as well in becoming the player you are and, you know, how much do you think it's a necessity? It seems that a lot of the top players have all got that little streak in them, you know? Uh, I don't think you need it. Um, It's probably been a hindrance. You know, if you can just focus, work hard and try and play the game like it is, that's great. Um, Just try and, like, get yourself into profitable situations. Stay away from the pit, like... It's just such a fucking bad thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, you need to have gamble in you, but that's not the same thing as being sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, you know, it's not glamorous. It's just, you know, you, it's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a good thing. But um, it was something that, you know, yeah, it definitely hindered me. I probably could have won. I mean, I ran well, you know, so above expectations. So I'm not saying I could have won more in tournaments, but I could have, uh, you know, I could have had better equity, maybe. I don't know. It, it's just something that, like, is not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, finding good spots to like, you know, good good action spots. And sports betting can be good if you're, uh, you know, if you're top and you do it like professional. Then yeah, but not just like punting and stuff. But like, everybody knows that it's up to an individual to try and like, you know, deal with their demons and their vices and whatever and 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 whatever yeah yeah it just seems like a lot of the top you know phil ivy's obviously many consider him to you know to be the best player or you know at least one of the best and it just seems like you know he's you know the the dice games the chinese poker this that it just do you think a lot of that's just needing the action rather than a part of it needing the action part of it's you know part of it's like you know smarter than you would think um but 
you remember that, that, that generally, like, you know, he's got, he, he's somebody who's not, like, gambling with that much of a, a percentage of his bankroll, even though you think he's playing huge. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's worth, you know, I, I haven't got, you know, his bank d- details, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's not, it's not like that. You know, there are some very sick, some sick uh, people in the poker industry. And it's mm-hmm. sad to see uh, people go through their, their bankroll. But yeah, I understand like to people, it sounds like it's glamorous and stuff, but uh, it's not so much, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, what, what's your thoughts on the sort of, the current situation then, um, you know, with poker and where do you sort of see yourself now, uh, you know, with poker, with, with the online situation and, you know, do you think it's, What's what's going to happen with all that? You know, do you think it's a good thing for the I, UK I just now? Like America's like, you know, it's really tried to mess up, you know, online stuff. That they talk about like people having freedom in America can do what they want, but I think that's not really not really true. It's uh, it's a pretty ugly situation there, um, and a lot of the European countries are trying to play like closed ring fence. So it's not like good situation for online poker. I think eventually it will be sorted out. Um, there's too much people who, who want to do it. Um, and, you know, there's other emerging markets. Um, but for now, you know, it's not a very good spot for, like, uh, online poker and uh, sponsorships with online poker. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, it will take a while for the industry to recover, but, you know, eventually it will. Yeah, yeah. So well, what's your sort of, like... Uh tips for any people that are out there just now sort of trying to grind it up in poker and, you know, build a bankroll. Maybe not even go for tournament success. Is it is it to follow, you, you know, your friend Phil Lack and just always be in plus EV spots and stay away from, you know, stay away from gambling games, etc. Yeah, that would be my advice. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what I do, but that is obviously um, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um People, people need. Yeah, you will just want to be in in those plus EV spots. Don't and don't uh, overextend your bankroll and, and and improve and work hard. Um, you know, whoever works the hardest is going to win the most. Yeah. Okay. Well, Roland, it's been great speaking with you, mate. Um, thanks for your time, and um, hopefully the the cricket. How's the cricket just now? We're a little bit of a rear guard action from England, but. Um, we shall see early on day one. So just uh, enjoying it. I'm a big cricket fan, so it's fun to watch as well. Okay. Well, Roland, thanks for your time, mate. And, Cheers, um, Barry. Get, Good luck with the fight. And, uh, and have me on again uh, at some point in the future when uh, yeah. the online situation looks better for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Right, Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.